Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whitestmypartner.com to learn more and register. Hey everyone, Al Hoberman here, editor of the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. Today's conversation covers the topic of sexual intimacy and partnership. So if that affects how or when, or if you choose to listen, we wanted to make sure you knew that ahead of time. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Why Does My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met at a training and our secret sauce is that we and our partners became fast friends. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for couples therapy. If something you hear in this podcast stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com to leave a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why doesn't my partner want to make love to me? Oh, that's so freaking tender, isn't it? Oh. Why doesn't my partner want to make love to me? I'm hearing so many things inside of this question. Yeah, um, go. What do you hear? So the first thing I'm hearing is this like sadness and like, what is not enough about me? Why am I being rejected? That's what I heard. But then mm-hmm. another part is also like, what kind of pressure am I putting on my partner? Like, mm-hmm. how am I, how, if I do the U-turn, right? The person asking the question, there's this piece about like, I mean, some people are asexual. Some people have different sexual desires or drives, right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's also something about some kind of expectation lingering mm-hmm. inside this mm-hmm. question that I'm hearing. Are you both hearing that too? Yeah, for sure. And I'm- I do when you say it. I didn't originally. Mm-hmm. Well, sex is a very vulnerable thing for many people, right? And so I think that it's common to take personally difficult periods, difficult moments, wherever you, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a moment where it feels like there's no initiation or moments of you initiating and then being rejected. Lance's rejection when actually maybe the person is like, oh, I'm not in the mood right now. Mm -hmm. Or um, 
they may be saying something that's more about them. So it's, I think it's really easy. I'm thinking about a couple's case that I had uh, last year where um, when they started to initiate, um, things would be going fine. And then all of the excitement would go. Right. And so the story that the partner who was losing his erection was telling himself mm-hmm. was that I'm not good enough. I can't yeah. do this. I'm not performing. Right. And the, and the person on the receiving end was saying, well, he must not want me. I must not be attractive to him anymore. Well, I've gained weight. So maybe it's that. Maybe I'm causing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So notice in this story, both partners, both of these dudes were taking it personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this m- moment that kept occurring between them. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's really common too is once that gets so painful, we often will go to blame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're superficial. Well, you're, I'm thinking about in this particular case that I'm talking about, it was two gentlemen. And so one of them was talking to the other one in a very harsh way about internalized homophobia. And this is your problem and you haven't worked mm. through your stuff around your sexuality. And if you had, this wouldn't be happening. Oh. So instead of staying in the shame, mm-hmm. notice the contempt that was pointed yeah. in, he then turned it out mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. his partner. Yeah. So I wonder what happens even as you're listening to this, even in your body, as you think about how likely it is for you to take sexual um, information personally. Hmm. And when I say information, what I mean is the gesture, the look, the initiation, the lack thereof, Mm -hmm. the no thanks, not tonight. The way your partner touches you. Right. Are their eyes open or closed, right? Like all of these tiny mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. micro pieces of mm-hmm. of how connection happens or doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the stories that we make up about what it's supposed to be and quote supposed to be mm-hmm. and the expectations that we and maybe society hold mm-hmm. on like, when I ask the question, why doesn't my partner want to make love to me? Am I asking it like, why doesn't my partner want to make love to me seven days a week? And right. why doesn't my partner want to make love to me once a week, twice a month, four times a year? Like what, what is the expectation inside of right. this? And what stories are we making up? Because I've actually had this happen with a couple who was having quite a lot of sex. Right. So I'm thinking about this woman who is saying, and it's the eyes closed thing. I know he doesn't want to make love to me because he's not looking at me. Mm-hmm. He, we are oh, having sex, but he right. doesn't want to make love to me. And I know that mm. because he's not looking at me. Right. And I've heard it too. Like, well, my partner looks at porn. So that means they don't love me. They don't want to be with me. They want to, right. So there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways that people contextualize this kind of question, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think looking at 
at those pieces are just as important as like the initial mm-hmm. question, maybe even more important to look well, at that context. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why I'm asking you to be with yourself for a moment and just be with what is it that comes up in your body? Yeah. What is it that comes up in your heart space and your belly space? If you're not a body person and somatic tracking really isn't your thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you notice floating kind of in the back of your mind mm-hmm. as you're thinking about Oh, it's common for lots of people to take sexual interactions personally. Yeah. (laughs) And what did you learn in your history, in your family, in different exposure you've had to romantic movies or pornography? What stories do you have? Mm Because they all have meaning yeah. that you're mm-hmm. writing on. And I don't know about you ladies, but I feel like many of my clients and certainly me and my history, I, I've had a lot of tenderness. It feels somehow more vulnerable often for us to talk about the stories we're making up. about the sexual interactions with our partner. It's like the most vulnerable thing in the world. I remember there was this time I I went, my partner and I went to this um, kind of like erotic workshop. It was one of the first workshops like that we had gone to together. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, being prompted with questions for discussion and, Mm -hmm. and exercises to, to explore. And, oh my goodness, the vulnerability of like actually like playing with and talking about and connecting over the things mm-hmm. that like the, the little things that we were struggling with that I was internally struggling with and having to share that with him. That was the hardest workshop I've ever done and one of the most growthful, but it was mm-hmm. the hardest workshop I've ever done yeah. in my life because talk talking about this stuff, like really talking about this stuff it's it's ex- like sex is exposing being mm-hmm. being naked with someone is exposing being mm-hmm. intimate with someone and talking about sex is like it's taking it sometimes for many of us to another level where we don't really have languaging tools um mm-hmm. like the the muscle memory and the knowledge of how to do these conversations in a way where we can fumble our way through and we don't mm-hmm. have to be totally. right all the time. Totally. Mm-hmm. What was that just there, Jules? I, you know was what I'm when thinking I said about? Fumbling? Yeah, but you know what I'm thinking about is ha- what thoughts do we have for our listeners? Mm-hmm. Because of the level of vulnerability that's true for lots of people. Mm-hmm. And if you're not one of those people, great, go forth yeah. and and ask your partner. Um, what's going on? Why don't you want to make love to me? Or, or even <laughs> just notice before you do that that that's a story you made up in your head. And now you believe it, and so maybe it may not mm-hmm. be true. Um, but I'm wondering what what that look you just saw was. What could we help people with? Yeah, to maybe make this a little bit more titrated, mm-hmm. so that people can take little steps into more vulnerability around this, rather than feeling like they have to jump into some huge revealing Mm -hmm. exercise or conversation. 
Yeah. And so I think even in you asking the question, you may have Mm -hmm. answered a part of it. Mm -hmm. Because one of the first U-turns that's coming up for me is Mm -hmm. that our listeners maybe could take this away to say, to say, here's the story I'm making up. Mm -hmm. Right. So now there's the Mm self-observation. So I'm making up a story that you don't want to make love to me. Does that resonate for you? Is there something in there that we should talk about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. before you even Mm -hmm. say that, could you be curious with you about whether or not your story is actually true? And if you have trouble with this one, I really like in moments like this to lean into work of a lady named Byron Katie. She has these four questions that I think could be really handy when we're really locked into a story. So it goes like this. So let's say I've made up a story that my partner does not want to make love to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Now that story comes from all sorts of evidence. I have really good evidence for it. Um, He doesn't make eye contact with me and he said no twice last week, but then Mm -hmm. when he did, it didn't feel like his heart was in it. Mm, There's my evidence. Okay. So now I'm in that space and I, I let myself really feel how it, how that story is landing in me. And then I say, is that true? My partner does not want to make love to me. Is that true? answer how you will it's not my answer it's your answer right okay is it are you absolutely sure that it's true if you believe that story what do you do next that's question three if you could not think that thought who would you be that's question four so those can really free up some curiosity and loosen that story's grip on your mind Mm -hmm. Something Byron Katie says that I think is a, a fun way to look at it, and I think it has some accuracy in it, too. She says, it's not my experience that we let thoughts go. It's my experience that thoughts let us go. Mm. And I think that's how it feels yeah. Yeah. inside. Yeah. I don't think she's crazy for saying that. No, I don't think, I think she's crazy actually a really either. good way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's something about the thoughts aren't the thoughts are often driven by like emotion. The thoughts Mm -hmm. are often driven by other information that's coming in, that's being processed within our system, within our body Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being interpreted. And then that's leading to the thought, right? The thought isn't the first piece of this. Right. Totally. And Mm -hmm. I, well, and, oh, well, it can't, can we get into the really complex positive feedback loop? Because I I can can think that thought and then my sensations answer Mm. the thought with a a thing. And then my brain makes up a feeling based on my entire history about the sensation I just had that actually came from the thought in my head. (laughs) So it can go both ways. Okay. But, but, but here's the thing I want us to really take home and hold ourselves with great grace and openness around. Your brain cannot stop making up a story. You're never going to stop making up a story. Mm-hmm. You cannot believe them. You cannot attach to them. You cannot act from them. You can create that pause. But what you will never do, your brain is a meaning-making organ. That is how it decides where to send your blood and you know oxygen resources. So you're never going to stop it from making up meaning. Speaking of this, there's this... Um... There's this person on like all the socials, TikTok, mm. Insta, all those things. Sure, sure, sure. Elise Myers. I don't know if anyone is familiar with mm. Elise, but so Elise is this fabulous like 
human person, comedian, songwriter, all of those things. And one of her little jingles is just because you think it doesn't mean that it's true. Your brain's a little bitch and likes to lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love it too. (laughs) That's exactly right. So just because you thought a thing does not mean that your story is accurate. And Mm -hmm. if we get into this from a bit of a being right battle place, where I start out with, why don't you want to make love to me? Uh And then my partner says, I do want to make love to you. (laughs) Now I'm going to be in being right battle. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, no, you don't. And then he's going to say, yes, I do. And then I'm going to say, no, you don't. I can tell because you weren't looking at me. And he's going to go, what are we talking about? (laughs) And why am I feeling hot? There's adrenaline happening. There's tingling all over my arms. That is right. so common. Why am I feeling attacked? Right. Because I'm so, being attacked. Right. So one way to titrate it is to really loosen up that grip your story has on you. Mm-hmm. And notice that we can enter it. Once we do, we can enter this with curiosity. Yeah. And we could start having a conversation yeah. about like, what do you want making love to feel like? I want to even close is our space to that. <laughs> and I want to yeah. even nudge us a little bit. Um, I think curiosity is such a good entry point and mm-hmm. it could also become a little agenda-y. Mm-hmm. Right. And so something each sister. Something I'm learning is to move towards interest. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I move away a little bit from the agenda of I'm curious, I want to know why. Tell me what you're thinking into the interest of I'm interested in making love to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there any roadblocks to this? What might they be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? Another thing that really is helpful for some folks is to write something small. Don't write 18 page letters. Friends reference for anyone who missed it. Plant seeds with your letters. Plant seeds with your letters. But you could write like, we could, we could say, um, write a two sentence answer to three questions and we'll trade them. So, you know, or four questions. If you're in a partnership, not a throuple, you know, you could each come up with two questions and then, and then you could, you trade. You know, you could all answer all four questions, yeah. but, but keep your answers to no more than two sentences and no run on sentences allowed. So it's a, it's a way <laughs> no to cheating, try. basically. Right. You're not allowed to write paragraphs. I'm basically, in 20 I'm basically words containing or less. you yeah. a little bit so that remember that when we're trying to do titrate it, it can be helpful to share things softly it can be helpful to be interested to enter with interest like you're saying to be curious about whether or not the thoughts in your own head are true to share things in less information way. contain yourself Mm -hmm. a little bit around that um and if your partner comes to you with these kind of questions Mm -hmm. to know that they might be coming with a little bit of tenderness Mm -hmm. and to ask is there anything I can do to 
help you feel like this is a more trusted space right now. Oh, I love that. So if my mm. partner came to me and said, oh, I feel like I need to have a hard conversation. I was feeling kind of weird, and but I want to talk about sex. One of is my there anything moves, that I can do to make this a more trusted space for space you? Space for you. Mm. That that right there is like meeting vulnerability with vulnerability. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So so let's let's land there. Right. We have some tools. Go forth. Talk about sex, but in short bursts. I was going to say go forth and prosper. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. And this so brings us that. to the end of our mini episode. Mm-hmm. We'll be back to you with season four soon. Um, yeah, we already have so many episodes, so many episodes planned for season four. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's going to be a super exciting season. So stay tuned. We look forward to seeing you. Take care. Bye-bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner. We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at one of our workshops. You'll find our next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you can ask us your questions? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.